Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. This is Joe McCall with Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast, and I'm with my good buddy, Jason Medley. How are you, Jason? I'm excellent, sir. Honored to uh, to be on board with you today. I'm honored to have you on my podcast, and I'm dead serious because you've been such a good friend over the years. I remember when I was first getting started in this business, seeing you dance around the stage, <laughs> selling things. You... That's my former life. With all your flash and dazzle. Yeah, all my all my sizzle. All your sizzle. I've, re- I've retired all that just so everybody who's watching or listening, just so you know, that is uh, – <laughs> I used to have the, the moniker, the nickname Money Man Medley, and Mo- Money Man Medley is, uh, is is collecting dust right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, it's really it, – it's been cool to get to know you, and, and the purpose of this podcast is several fold. Number one, I want to talk with you about the power of masterminds and the power of connecting with other investors that are doing bigger and better things than you are. You know, the saying goes, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, right? Or if all your friends, if you're smarter than all, no, no. Yeah, that's right. And if, if, if all, if you're smarter than all your friends, you need to get new friends, right? Sad, but sad, but true. Right. So the, the point is you need to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you, people who are doing more deals than you, people who are where you want to be. And so I've been in the, had the honor and the privilege of being part of a mastermind with Jason in the Collective Genius for how many years now? Three? I think you're, yeah, I think you're coming back for your third year. Third year. Right now, yeah. Man. Feels like yeah. four. And that's that's commonplace in CG as well. I mean, yeah. we've had a lot of growth over the last two years, but um, a lot of our folks stick and have been around for a long time, which in uh, a mastermind is is not always so common. So uh, yeah, I think I mean, it's doing something right. It's crazy. And it, a lot of times in the podcast in the past, I've talked about being at a mastermind or hanging out with some guest or host that we have on the show, and a lot of those people that are on the show uh, are from the um, from the collective genius. I'm sorry, I was just getting distracted for a second there. But anyway, so uh I want to talk with you, Jason. First of all, guys, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, realestateinvestingmastery.com to get the show notes of this show, to get the links that we're going to talk about later on, and to find out how to connect with Jason and get a hold of him. Realestateinvestingmastery.com. So Jason, um, why don't you give a little story of your journey? I mean, how'd you get started in real estate? You were lending a lot of money. And you got tired of the whole – well, you you share your story because it's really fascinating. Sure, sure. Um, I got back, started in real estate and finance back in 2000. I had been in corporate America until I was, I guess, about 30 years old. Just finally, you know, for lack of a better term, got the cojones to step out on my own. And had went through a really uh, trying time in my life from a health perspective. Um, and got back on my feet and was trying to figure out what was next. And in corporate America just didn't just going back to corporate America just didn't seem like uh, what, what what my future entailed. I'd always wanted to do something on my own, so I, I started. I got into the mortgage business, and after a year, um, basically wound up in a place where I started my own company. 
And then for about five, six years after that, grew that business, um, uh, doing decent volume at the time, uh, anywhere between 75 to 100 loans a month. And then um, the market uh, – 75 to 100 loans a month. Yeah, it was a there was a boom. It was a refinance boom. And I'll even touch on that because I learned oh, a very wow. valuable lesson um, and something that I think a lot of folks can take away from this call, uh, a very valuable lesson from that crash. And um, the bottom line is when the market crashed, my business crashed with it. And so in effect, the, the lesson I learned from that was is that a market can drive your success. In other words, you're not necessarily responsible for it. You're just kind of getting in the way of the traffic, if you will. Um, and so when I got my butt kicked back in 06-ish, 07-ish, um, it made me realize that I, the market made me look like I was successful. I wasn't <laughs> all that's – and, and, but that's a turning – that was a good turning point for me because I realized I had to be able to generate a lead. If, I, if you can generate leads in your business, whatever business you're in, um, you actually have a business, right? Um, and uh, so that was a, a pretty epic turning point for me. And that's when I started really doing some studying on marketing and so forth. But um, I, I had worked a lot with uh, real estate agents, you know, uh, referring me deals and so forth. So during that time frame, that crash, I was really trying to figure out what's what's next. What do I do? I've developed this skill set, uh, this head of knowledge over the last six or seven years in the, in the, uh, mortgage business, what, what's next, you know, and everybody was, was kind of panicking for lack of a better word. And I went through a process of filling out process where, um, I started negotiating short sales for, and prior to that time, nobody ever even heard the word short sale, right. Um, started negotiating short sales for, uh, realtors. Then I was like, this is the, this dollar per hour is not working out. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> uh, I started flipping short sales. Um, and through that process, there were some rules. And the reason I did it is because I'd really gotten kind of wiped out for, I'd lost my business, lost my marriage, didn't have any money. I was, I was, uh, as I call it, BBD, which is broke, busted, and disgusted. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, and don't ever want to go back there again. But the reality of it was, as I started flipping short sales, because you didn't need money to do it, right? You could negotiate to buy a house, uh, for 200,000 and then, you could sell it for three hundred thousand dollars the same day, and you could use your your in buyers' money, their three hundred grand, to pay your two hundred thousand dollar purchase price, and obviously take the difference and so forth after closing costs. And so, um, I was doing that. Things were humming along fine, uh, starting to actually get back on my feet. And then they changed the rules uh, on us, and uh, basically stated that you could no longer use. Um, your in buyer's money. So in that situation I just gave you, it's like, Hey, you can't use our 300 grand. If you bought the house for 200, you've got to bring the 200 grand. And I'm like, even though I only need it for a couple hours, I still got to bring it right to make it. It's got to be that formal. And what I felt at the time was a curse. Um, because I, again, I was just, I'd put blood, sweat and tears into learning how to flip short sales, uh, you know, starting to build some momentum and then boom, uh, I had the carpet pulled out from us. What, what initially felt like a curse turned into a, one of my biggest blessings, which the funny thing is in life at the ripe age of, of 43, you start to realize that's just how things work. You know, <laughs> usually yeah. your biggest yeah. challenges and, and curses turn out to be blessings or turning points. But point being is realize that a lot of people would need money for a day, right? I got to bring the 200. I'm selling for 300. I don't have the 200. And if I was dealing with that, Everybody 
who was flipping short sales was going to be dealing with that. And so uh, that was a turning point for me. Uh, went out, raised some private money, got a, an actually uh, over time turned into a commercial credit facility. Um, and we started lending money to people flipping short sales for one day, right? Um, and through that process of educating people and, and, and teaming up with other educators who were teaching how to flip short sales, I teamed up with folks on their trainings and their webinars and said, hey, you teach them how to do it and you, you, you teach them, I'll fund them, right? Yeah. And so basically through that uh, process of being on other people's webinars and so forth, kind of developed a following, uh, if you will, during that time frame, uh, gave away a lot of content, a lot of teaching to help people better their business. And um, I was in another mastermind uh, for, for marketing, right? And kind of ran with the idea that I should I should try this myself. Uh, I was sharing a, a room with a, a very close friend of mine, and Joe knows him very well, Kent Clothier, uh, out in California at this mastermind. And he kind of looked at me. He's like, why don't you do this, right? You, you've got the, the, the borrowers. You know who the heavy hitters are because they're borrowing a lot of money from you. And then you're well-connected uh, in that you have a, a platform um, in which you have people kind of kind of following, you know, through, through the Internet and so forth. And so – that's where it started. That was about what year. Uh, what year was this? Um, that was probably 2008 when Kent and I were having that conversation. By the time I actually thought through it and built it out and made it come to life, it was uh, probably 2009 when CG or the Collective. You'll hear me refer to the Collective Genius as CG. When CG finally came to life, it was 2009, January of 2009, I think it was. And uh, I can assure you, it, it did not start out where it's at right now. <laughs> yeah. um, after my first meeting, I can remember almost being in tears because it's I, I, I shoot for the moon, as I'm sure you know Joe does when you're overachiever, and when things come in short, it's it's it's, it's decimating, you know. But you you dust yourself off and you can pick back up and you keep moving. But um, really, I was just in the right spot at the right time. I, I knew who some power players were as far as investors because they were borrowing money from us three, four, five, six, seven times a month. You're doing that many deals a month. You're, you're doing pretty well. Um, and I also had a lot of exposure because of the training I was doing on the internet. And so, uh, that's kind of my short story. CG's now about five years old and, um, I'm super blessed to have, uh, just really what I would consider the elite, uh, investors, and educators from across the country in this group. Um, you know, as far from a deal perspective, uh, I'd say that, you know, there's guys in there doing anywhere between say 75 up to 600 deals a year. Um, so it's, uh, and then there's guys who also are, who have uh, solid investing businesses and are also top notch educators like Joe, uh, like Sean Terry. Um, you know, like, so there's, there's, uh, it's just a, it's just an amazing group of people. And it's extremely powerful what happens when we all get together. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's the that's I, the beauty I, of it. I want to talk about how you've seems like you've reinvented yourself a few times in the last almost ten years now. Mm -hmm. You know, from doing a lot of mortgages, that stopped. Then you started uh, doing transactional funding, did real well with that. Then you started teaching that stuff, and did real well with that. And then now you, you created this mastermind. And throughout that process, I, I was thinking of the book, Who Moved My Cheese? Have you ever read that book? Yeah. yeah. 
It's a great book. And if anybody hasn't read it, you should pick it up. You can read it in like a half hour to an hour. And it's simply looking at where did the cheese go? Where in the market is, you know, the market is changing. You got to learn how to change with it. When the demands of customers or clients change, how are you going to change with it? And the other thing that I've seen is, you, and you've talked about this a lot in the mastermind, how you've kind of reinvented yourself and you keep on simplifying your business, keep on bringing it back to, you know what, I don't need to do all of this stuff to be happy. I don't need to make all this money, even though you're doing very well, but I don't, I don't need to have this huge business and all of these accolades to be happy and, and, and content with my life. And so I really, could you talk about how you've kind of, right now you're in a place where you feel like, I'm just going to be focused on one single thing. I'm going to be the best at it as yeah. I possibly can. And I'm going to stop being distracted by all this other stuff. Can you touch on yeah. that? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it, again, these are, these are places you arrive to after you get a little wisdom, you get knocked down a few times to get back up. And I think too, I'm at a point in my life, just as you are, Joe, there's, there's, you're, you're, you're moving into, you know, it's kind of like halftime when you're, when you're in your forties, if you will, you, you, you're, you're, you're halfway through, you learn back, you've, you've learned a lot. Now you've got some wisdom and you just look at making decisions differently. And what is important to you, I think also, uh, really changes. You know, I just had my first child. Um, she's 14 months old. Um, <laughs> already. So, yeah. Holy speaking to my veteran over here, that's got, got a little tribe on his side. Right. Um, but I, I just, I think that it's one of the things that I've always struggled with, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs do, is that because you're talented, because you're creative, because you can do a lot of things and do them well, you think you should. And sometimes that is our uh, that lack of focus is our own worst enemy. Because when I look at all at one time all of the different things I was doing between running a mastermind, uh, transactional funding company, speaking creating funnels. I was doing, there's only a hundred percent of me or hundred percent of my effort, right? That's it. And when you divide that up amongst 10 things, what you end up doing, and, and again, I speak from my personal experiences, what you end up doing is doing 10 things marginally yeah. instead of one thing with complete excellence. Yep. Um, and when I embrace that, that, that kind of quote, if you will, of what I just said, when I stopped doing 10 things marginally and started doing one thing, with complete excellence, um, things really changed for me. Um, you know, I, I, I want to preface this. I'm not Donald Trump by any means, uh, not even close, but I, I do want to say that relentless focus can make, will make you rich. Um, it has completely changed the stratosphere not even, I mean, as far as my, what my income looks like today being relentlessly focused Versus what it did like look like four or five years ago, um, it's it's probably triple. And I remember at the not, last CG, I wrote that down because you said that focus yeah. will make you rich. So everybody it should will. write that down. And and JP, you, you're you guys that are helping me with the podcast here, make that a tweetable. All right, focus will make you rich. That's huge. Okay, sorry to interrupt. And, yeah, it, it, and and it, it it is in. I'm in the process of being blessed with that right now. Um, and, and it's difficult because I, I have, and as most of us do that are entrepreneurs, we have a creative itch or a creative seed that needs to be watered. And what I've learned to do over time is to discipline myself when I feel that, that I'm getting bored or I need to start something new or like when I, when I get that feeling, 
instead of just charging forward, I kind of come to a place of rest and say, okay, am I going to go to an entirely different garden? I've got, I've got this one right here and it's, it's groomed and it's beautiful and I've put blood, sweat and tears into it and it's fertilized and everything's blooming. Do I want to go to a totally different garden and start watering another seed that's going to take blood, sweat and tears? And while I'm watering that seed, weeds start popping up in what I've worked mm-hmm. so desperately hard to build and make beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so when I feel that itch, I say no. We're going to have another tweetable moment here in a second, too, with, in regards to no. But I come back and look at my existing business and, and ask myself, how do I scratch that itch, that creative itch, within the parameters of my existing business? And you can usually find a way to do that while staying on track and staying focused, right? Without taking your eye off the ball, without having weeds grow in your garden that you've worked so hard uh, to create. And so the, the question or the, the, the challenge becomes is how do you – because a lot of us struggle with that, right? We struggle with focus. We struggle with I need to scratch that creative itch or water that creative seed. And the key, I think, is, is finding ways to do it within your existing business. Joe, that's where Generous Genius came from, right? Like I was looking at, at all these different directions. I was oh, like, you no, got to talk gotta- about – Generous Genius, you got to talk about the last mastermind we did where we raised um, money for toys. How much did we raise? Uh, we raised right at, I think, 47,000 bucks um, in an evening. Yeah. And right. um, one thing, I, before we get into that, though, I, I yeah. want to, I wanna, here's another, for me, another thing that should be quotable, tweetable, whatever you want to have it is. When, when you're an entrepreneur and when you are surrounded by high-level people, a lot of opportunities are presented to you, right? Hey, let's do this, Joe. Let's do that, Joe. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. We, you know, and the thing that I, another thing, if you want to write it down, tweet it, whatever, is that, that the, the, the best answer to 99% yeah, of yeah. opportunity, right? Most, most of the time, 99% of the time, the answer to new opportunity is no. Well, and, yeah. Also 90, talk about the right ahead. question to ask is what? Yeah. Not how much will I make? Well, and, and here's how you determine your answer, really. And, and that's how you figure out most of the time that it's no, is when you look at new opportunity, um, the, the right question is not necessarily to ask what you, what it's going to make you, but what is it going to cost you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if somebody brings me a new opportunity and they say, Oh, Jason, you know, we can do this and you can make an extra 300 grand. And I start calculating the time, effort and energy is going to talk, take me to make that 300 grand. And the opportunity and I, cost by taking on that and not doing something else. That- yeah. Yeah, and you start to calculate what and what's that going to how much time is that going to take away from my family, and what would it take for me to make an extra three hundred grand in my core existing mm-hmm. business, right? Yeah, yeah. For me, that would take getting about thirteen or fourteen new CG members. That's far more easier yeah. than going and starting a business that doesn't have any leverage mm-hmm. at, a, at 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 its focal point, right? Like so. There's, there's, you ask first. You ask yourself the question: What's it going to cost me versus what it's going to make me? Right. Start with that first. Know that 99% of the time, the answer to new opportunity is no. And then, if you're actually really heavily considering it, right, then look at your core business and say, what would it really take me to make that money I'm going to make in this other opportunity if I press harder on my core business? 
And most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time to make that same amount of money or grow your existing business, which already has leverage and momentum, it's not going to take near as much effort and strain. And I'm just at a place in my life where I don't like effort and strain. Because <laughs> no. you're <laughs> right. I got it. I got it. Some people yeah. think you're lazy, but it's not. It's it's about being focused. Well, um, what would the word be? It's about being focused, and it's also about being calculated. Smart. Why do you have a business, right? Like I love business. I love what I do. I'm passionate about it. Um, it didn't get here without being passionate. But I've also created it to develop a certain lifestyle for me. And that lifestyle mm -hmm. includes a lot of time off, a lot of time off. Um, that doesn't make me lazy. That just makes me calculated, you know? Yeah, totally get it. Totally yeah. Get it. If anybody's lazy, it's not you. No. <laughs> I know that. You can't okay. be lazy and run a mastermind for five days, that's for sure. <laughs> so, you know, having that kind of perspective is so critical in, in, in business and in life. And so often we're stuck in the trees, right? And we can't see the forest we're, we're we're in the details and we get all these crazy ideas and we think, okay, I can do this and I can do that and I can do this and I can do that. What's the big deal. But when you can step back or have somebody else who can see from a 30, 40,000 foot elevation view and see what you're doing and see what you're good at and what you're not good at and can point out to you, Hey, you know what? Have you thought about this? Do you realize that if you do that, you're going to be missing out on this? Or you're not really, your strengths aren't really there, Joe. And I'm speaking from, this is what I've been getting from the last three years in Collective Genius. You know, I, I have all these great, fantastic ideas. I want to do them all. It's one of the um, the drawbacks, I think, of being an entrepreneur. You get all these great ideas. But unless you have somebody that can say, whoa, take it easy there, Joe. You don't need to do all of that. You already got a successful business. You're already doing really well doing this. Why on earth would you change that? And so that's what that's the biggest thing I think I get out of every time I come to CG is is thinking, all right, I get a lot of great ideas, but you know, I, I just need to simplify things. I need to yeah. simplify things. Simplification is complicated. Complicated is easy, right? <laughs> Complicated yeah. is easy. I right. mean, but simplifying, simplification is is very difficult, very complicated. To focus on simplifying, just like yesterday, um, a perfect example. I, I'd started a new IRA. It's called a cash balancing plan. Put a chunk of money in there and a particular investment I was looking at. This is a perfect example, actually, of how a mastermind works and the benefits of it. Actually looking at putting about 80 grand into a fund that one of my members is actually running that buys distress notes. Joe's Eddie speak, right? Yeah. And they have two different propositions in there. You can get a, a rate of return or you can take an equity position um, and potentially get a, a much higher return. And the cash balancing plan that I have the way it's structured, it, it doesn't allow me to enter into the fund from the equity position standpoint on my, unless there's an entity in front of the cash balancing plan. And honestly, I'm, I'm considering whether or not I want to move forward strictly based upon the fact that, Oh my gosh, I got to put an entity in front of it. Okay. It's not that complicated, but it's just one more thing in life that I have to keep track of or figure out how to keep track of. Right. And, um, I, and again, that was yesterday. I don't know the decision that I'll make, but, 
the point is, is that I'm thinking that way, right? Always looking at, you know, great. I think I can make some money on that investment. It sounds well, but wait a minute. Is it too complicated? Is it too, uh, is it, is it, is it not simple? Yeah. Um, and so, and, you know, it's, it's just a, a way of thinking and, and guarding simplicity and guarding your time. You know, you, you got to remember why you started a business. Exactly. And I was thinking also another book I read that I'm going to highly recommend to everybody, The Pumpkin Plan. Mm -hmm. And have you read that yet, Jason? I read it, yeah, because you told me to. Oh, I just love that book. I need to read it again. It's all about, you know, discovering what your giant pumpkin is. And what these guys do is they, they buy these seeds for like 1000 or $1,500, these really expensive pumpkin seeds from this one guy up in Vermont or something like that. And uh, they buy this seed and they plant, they buy several of them and they plant them, you know. That pumpkin starts to grow and it has many branches that go out. And they look to see which pumpkin is going to be the most promising, which pumpkin looks like it's going to be the biggest. And then they simply just cut everything else out. And then focus all of their nutrition, their energy, the sunlight, the water onto that one branch with that giant pumpkin, that pumpkin there. And that pumpkin continues to grow and grow and be the prize winning giant pumpkin. It's a fantastic book. And anybody um, listening to this should get that book. I was, while we were talking, I was writing down all the guys that I can think of that I've done business with in CG. Yeah. Um, Peter Vexelman is a guy that I've partnered with on deals. And in the coaching business, we've made, I'm not going to tell you how much, I think you know, but we've made quite a bit of money together. Just Let's um, just say well, well over seven figures. That's fair enough, right? That's fair enough, yeah. Yeah. That is true. Uh, Kent Clothier, I've done business with him. I've even um, hired him to do some con consulting and coaching for me. Uh, he has helped me promote some of my Podio products and stuff. Sean Terry, done deals with him. Uh, we've been friends for a long time. Jack Bosch, we've done things together. Todd Toback, Eddie Speed, Larry Goins. Um, and then there's several people that I have helped set up their podio uh, setups. And there's That's a, lot a new of opportunity that you're bringing to life right now that you're going to make money from in CG. Yes. Yeah, so absolutely. A lot of these guys I've either partnered with on deals, partnered with on coaching, done consulting for them, paid them for consulting. And you know, I, I I look at, you know, every year when the question comes up, should I join CG again? Because it's not cheap. I'm like, I'm asking the question, well, what would it cost me if I didn't join, right? <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, so much business that I would lose. And, and just again, looking, getting advice from other people that are better than me, that are more successful than me, doing more deals than I'm doing, have bigger coaching businesses than I have. You know, getting their advice and their feedback because they've been there, done that. And I think you know, a lot of people think this too. They see these guys and think, I want to be just like him. But then when you talk to them and, and they say, you know what? You don't want to be where I am, <laughs> right? Yeah. I've been there, done that. I have that T-shirt and it's not worth it. You need to simplify and do this instead. And getting that feedback is so invaluable. Well, I, there's, there's, to me, there's three, there's three facets of a mastermind. There's feedback and, and input because everybody comes and shares what they're doing that's working, right? Um, and, and in pretty detailed fashion, it's almost like, hey, you're in St. Louis, I'm in Tampa or in LA. We're not in each other's market, so I'm just going to show you and give you everything I'm doing. It grew my business, you know, 31% last year. Yeah. Then you have the aspect of 
okay, that growth created these two problems and these two problems are killing me. And then everyone acts as a board of directors yeah. um, to kind of help you solve those problems and, and not only solve them, but solve them in a much more quick, like a much more quick manner. If it were to take you six months to solve a problem, it might take you two weeks to a month. Right. And so you've got the information um, in that format. The other thing is, is the connections. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle with like, you know, I'm a, I'm a investor in Dallas. How am I going to, you know, fly into this mastermind and how's anybody, how's some dude in Cleveland or some guy in Atlanta or, or some guy in Oklahoma city going to help me grow my business in Dallas? Like, how's that even work? Right. And so to give you kind of an example, um, I was going to show Joe, like one of the things oh, that we good, do. Good. I was going to ask you about that. that right. Yeah. You see here, these are really just dots being connected. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and what those dots orchestrate, they're my members. Some of my members, their faces are in those circles. Go ahead and say, tell that story of who those guys are. Okay. And how they um, I'll do my best to kind of, for example, um, <laughs> for example, funny. Joe Lieber, right? This, uh -huh. this guy's in Cleveland. He's hilarious too. Yeah. Yeah. And inside of the first year, he sold over 62 houses to CG <laughs> members like Ken Corsini. Ken is in Atlanta, in Atlanta. He's a turnkey provider. He provides rentals that are already rented and knocked out and ready to go. And Ken invested a lot of his profits with Mike Zlotnick, who's out of New York, and he's a hard money lender. Mm -hmm. Well, Mike then turns around and lends that money to guys like Darren Collins, who's a rehabber in Collective Genius out of North Carolina. Well, Darren's business is exploding because He's modeled Todd Toback's postcard system and scaled, and in addition, he's been introduced to a hedge fund. And by the way, Todd's in San Diego, and he's been introduced to a hedge fund – sorry about that – by Eddie Speed, who started buying properties from him. And Eddie's in Dallas. So you've got Cleveland, Atlanta, New York, North Carolina, Dallas, San Diego. And so the, the point is is that when you get in there, it just happens, right? Because, mm -hmm. I mean – a lot of people have that question when they're like, how, how, how is some, you know, how are these guys from all across the country going to impact my business? And that just tells you there how the, you know, you've got the, the, the information component. Here's what I'm doing. Here's how I'm doing it. But the, the connection, the networking component um, from that, that happens with guys all across the country. Um, it's just, it's just amazing. You know? Yeah, it is. And you could do a dozen different diagrams like that. With oh different yeah. Folks. Absolutely. All over the country, doing crazy deals, and yeah, I would I say example. He, my perfect example right now. Mike has got probably half of my retirement uh, account in his fund. Um, you know, I, I could go in and just talk about some of the things I'm doing with these guys as well, right? Um, I lend money inside the group. I mean, everybody's, you know, everybody mm -hmm. is is doing stuff together above and beyond the informational side of, of the, the, the business, right? Um, oh, yeah. I would say probably, what would you say, 25% of the guys are in in the info business. But yeah. those that are are still doing a lot of deals. But 75% of the guys and gals are doing deals and doing a tremendous amount of deals. I mean, talk about some of the guys that are doing – because I, I named off mostly info guys, but – Right. Uh, talk about a few of the guys that are doing a lot of rehabs, doing a lot of wholesaling. We got this guy in Indiana. How many HUDs does he wholesale? And like how many states? Wayne is probably Wayne Schaefer. He's probably in yeah. three or four states. And he's, I think he's projected this year to do about 220 deals. Um, you got guys like Brad Chandler, 
out of DC who's probably going to rehab 140 to 160 houses. You've got guys like Mike Osborne out of Northern California who last year probably did 240 transactions. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. Um, there, there are some, there, there are. I would say the vast majority of folks in CG are doing triple, triple figures. You know, well, you I mean, got guys too that are sending, yeah, thirty, fifty thousand postcards a week as well. It's just, yeah, when yeah. You, when you got that kind of massive volume, people who are like just massive action takers and aren't afraid to take calculated risks, you can learn so much from those guys, right? And the coolest thing, too, is when we sit down in these masterminds, we're like, let's talk about what's working today. What is working today? Not only can you learn from them, but they can help you make pivotal transitions in your business. Um, and what I mean by that is like a gentleman I just mentioned, Mike Osborne, right? I mean, big numbers, 240 rehabs a year. He had a business really driven around just buying properties at auction, right? And so when the hedge funds came to Northern California and showed up in his sandbox and had a bigger checkbook than he did, that was a problem, right? Yeah. He had a very operationally based business. So he had to make the transition. He had to look for what is next. He, he never had a business driven by marketing and sales, like thirty to 40,000 postcards a week. So when he comes to CG, he can immediately gravitate towards those people that are doing that, and he can make that transition and those pivots in his business as the market changes with with smoothness and with ease and with speed versus sometimes something like that can put somebody out of business, right? Like if you don't if you don't change we were talking, if you don't if you don't find out where your cheese got moved, man, you can you can oh, yeah. be done. Yeah, and, and it's so, constantly moving. Yeah. And so as the market changes somebody always somebody in cg as a front runner yeah and everybody else can kind of watch them as they dial things in and then they can change their business accordingly versus being what is it the frog that sits in the, the hot water until it boils or, or something like that i've know? heard that isn't true it's one of those urban legends but yeah <laughs> i know what you're saying it's like um it's the uh, uh there's there's another stick, story of a frog. stick your head in the sand you know <laughs> yeah when there's, there's another story of a frog there were two frogs that fell into a can of milk, of cream. And both frogs were swimming and paddling. Have you heard this story yet? Mm. Both frogs were swimming and paddling, and one said, I'm just going to give up. And the other frog said, no, don't quit. Don't give up. Keep on paddling. Keep on going. Don't give up. Well, the next morning, the farmer comes out, and he looks into the bucket, and he sees one frog is drowned, and the other frog is sitting on a pad of butter. Right? Well, anyway. I don't know what that has to do with what we were talking about. <laughs> you mentioned the frog. Well, so, I think the key is is that sometimes, like like you get a change like that, a hedge fund shows up in your yeah. market, and and it's kind of a, a dated thing, you know. There, but my my point is is that uh, if you're not careful, you'll be the frog that's drowned. Versus if you you can sit on the the butter by being in a group like this where somebody else has already figured out. Like for example, that all started all the hedge that all started in Phoenix. Well, if that's happening in Phoenix and it's going to spread, all my guys outside of Phoenix got to see what was happening yeah. to the guys in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. How did you react? How did you make it through? How did you how did you uh, join them when you couldn't beat them, right? So they get to, to go – they get to absorb all of that without feeling the pain that maybe the guys in Phoenix had to feel. Well, I think we're seeing that too is now, now as well with postcards and direct mail. It seems like a ton of people are doing – postcards and direct mail so now the the content in the last 
one or two CGs has been, all right, so we're getting fewer leads. How do we convert them better, right? How do we get better at follow-up and making offers and sales and negotiating? And we've got guys in the group who are really good at that. And we talk a lot about hiring ninjas that can, that can operate, do do your sales, you know, and, and how to train, find, hire and train people that can help you close more deals. So you stay, we staying ahead of that. I, I love that. Um, so, you know, I'm going to see you in a couple of weeks. I'm coming down to San Diego. Yes, sir. You're coming from Florida. That's a long flight. I'm Joe McCall. I'm Joe McCall style though, baby. I'm taking the family and we're staying for a month. <laughs> are you really? Yeah. Good yeah. for you. Where, where are you staying? We're staying. We rented a house uh, on the beach in La Jolla for a month. Awesome. Yeah. yeah you find it on, how'd you find the house? Just curious. VRBO. Oh, man. I love that. In fact, we're going to Prague and we found we're leaving it for Prague in uh, the end of June. And uh, we're staying at a furnished flat for three months. And we found it on um, homeaway.com, which is a sister website. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's so cool. I've used that over and over again. Now, Airbnb, you could find places on there as well. But it's good. You're going for a month. Yeah. That's yeah, good yeah, for yeah. you. Well, we have, I have the two CGs in May and a month later the third. And so we're just, just staying. Yeah. La Jolla is beautiful too. Uh, You're not staying near the coves, right? You're staying a little farther away from the stink? Uh, I mean, we're, we're right on the beach, so I don't know where the coves are, but, uh, in Bird Rock, get right up Bird Rock. Bird Kent. Rock is nice. Yeah. yeah. So you're close to Kent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Bird, yeah. Bird Rock. That's nice. There's a place called the Cove. Oh, I won't get into that. Yeah. All the I'll, make some, I'll make some, and en- I'll make some enemies with all of the animal lovers. Those of you from St. Louis or San Diego will know what I'm talking about. So anyway, Jason, um, how can people get a hold of you? How can people get more information about Collective Genius? Listen, guys, I don't get anything out of promoting or talking about Collective Genius. Um, I, I asked Jason, hey, can I bring you on this podcast? Because I'd like to talk with you about it. Because I think people will, even if CG isn't for you, there's a tremendous amount of value that you can get from finding other like-minded investors, finding other people that are doing what you want to do or are where you want to be, and just networking with them and building relationships with them. But I know a lot of people listening to this are going to be interested in Collective Genius. It's not for everybody. It's invite only. You have to actually be interviewed by the man here, Jason. And cause it makes, cause, and this is what keeps people coming back. The high-caliber people that are in there, We, I almost said we know because I, I don't want to build myself up but like i wouldn't come back to cg year after year if if i knew there were going to be a bunch of dinglings coming in there who just had enough money to join but really didn't have anything to offer does that make sense so talk about the application process and how can people um get a hold of you and, and get more information jason sure um the thing that i'd like to say first and, and again this is what makes cg special please don't take it as a um an effort to create separation or anything. It's not, but the high caliber uh, focus is really what makes it special. And so um, unless you're probably doing a minimum on a, a minimum of 50 deals a year, whether they're wholesale rehabs or buying holds um, 50 something, uh, maybe 50 loans, if you're a hard money lender, whatever it may be, uh, it's probably not the, the, the group for you. There are exceptions. Okay. Very few and far between. I've got folks in LA, they, they maybe do, 15, 20 deals a year, but what they make off those 15, 20 deals a year because of the market they're in uh, places them into a, you know, an income uh, level that's, that's, that's very significant. So there, yeah. there are exceptions. There's not a hard rule. Bottom line is, is you need to be a player uh, is effectively 
um, is kind of what I'm saying. And the way that we structure it is, um, you know, if you want to get more information about it, you can go to the collectivegenius.com. And what happens is you'll kind of get, become abreast of how things are structured, who's going to be there, how the meetings work. And from there, uh, if you want to learn more, it'll take you to basically a, a very short, I think it's seven or eight minutes, like a video conference um, where I've interviewed some of my folks. It looks kind of like on TV where, you know, it's got like six boxes and I kind of go around and they talk about what they've gained from the mastermind. And then from there, if you're interested, um, it is an ap application invitation only. So from there you go to an application. We're looking to get some basic information about you, um, what your market is, how many deals you've done. Um, also have a pretty stringent vetting process. If you say you've done 83 deals and you're a rehabber, then we're going to go on county records. Uh, or make you provide us with county records showing that, right? Um, and then we want to know what your strengths are, your weaknesses are, what you really need, what are the things you need. So that way, when we get on the phone, I can immediately—I already know. You know, you're 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 in Birmingham, Alabama, and you're a turnkey provider, and you need to move more units. Not a problem. I've got the biggest podcasters in the country that are driving front-end buyers for those turnkey units. I'm going to place you with Jason Hartman. I'm going to like so. Bottom line, the application gives me, one, a sense of the caliber of, of investor you are, and two, it allows me, as soon as we get on the phone, to start telling you how we how I can help you and get you plugged in, right? Um, from there, and this is something that uh, I think is very different than any other group, is um, I don't want to – I'm fortunate enough, I should say, at this point, I don't want to invite someone to become a member of the Collective Genius uh after a 20 or 30 minute phone call at the same time i don't expect someone of high caliber to make the decision to become a member of the collective genius over a 20 or 30 minute phone call so what we do is we've created an, an environment that works for everybody and the way that works is um after our phone call if i feel good about you and you feel good about me um you basically come to the first meeting the first collective genius and you don't make you, there's no investment up front right and what that enables, the way that's a win-win for both parties is, is at the end of the mastermind, um, I'm able to step back and see how you contributed, what value you brought, how does how do the other members feel about bringing you or having you on board, can we help you? Um, and you, as the investor, get to say, hey, I drove the car before I, I bought it. I was here. Um, this is a group of rock stars. I want to be a part of it. Or if the fit's not right, I don't extend the invitation or you choose not to accept it. Um, so, um, I'll also tell you that there's, there's, this is a true mastermind. There's nothing sold. There's no products being pitched. There's no, none of that zero period. It's very clean. Um, and I, I don't even sell the mastermind. Have you ever seen me, Joe, in the three years you've been in there, stand up and push people to join? It's, we have a simple conversation no. at the, at the end of it. I say, Hey, if if I if if after seeing what you've contributed, I feel you're the right fit. It's it's usually a simple question. You were here, you tasted it, you touched it, you felt it, you smelt it. You in or out because we'd like to have you on board. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really no more no more complex. There's no fancy 90 minute PowerPoint presentation. It's just hey, you know you're here. Yeah. I've, I've checked you out. You've checked us out. Are we on the same page? It's that simple. There's no push. There's no pull. Uh, it's none of that. I, I, I'm not in a place where I need to do that, and I'm also inviting people where they're at a caliber where they're probably not going to be receptive to it anyway. So we structured an environment where there's no pressure on anybody, and um, if you want to check it out, like I said, you can go to thecollectivegenius.com. Thecollectivegenius.com, right? Yeah, you can get more uh, more information there. And that link will be in the show notes. 
Talk real quickly, Jason, about the size of the group. Is it like 150 people jam-packed in a room right? Uh, yeah. with rows of chairs facing a platform? Yeah, no. See, what you just described is an event, right? <laughs> um, and there's is... some masterminds out there that are like that. And, uh... Correct. And uh, I've really worked hard uh, to preserve uh, the true mastermind format. There are, ni- uh, there are 90 people in the Collective Genius, but they are split up into groups of 30. Right. So we maintain a small core group where you'll have foundational relationships. But the way we structure it is we're always bouncing those other groups off your core group. So you get to make new connections with the folks in the other groups. Like, for example, in May, when we go to San Diego, I'll have one group come in. They'll be there Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. The other group comes in Tuesday night and they show up Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So what happened in there Wednesday in addition to the core group you spent two days with, now you're being injected and molded into another group of 30 guys making new connections and structuring new deals and new joint ventures. And the next quarter, you'll butt up against the third group. They'll be the ones that come in on Wednesday. So you're all, you got your core group and we maintain that mastermind format and that kind of intimacy. Uh, maybe that's not the right word. <laughs> um it's not that kind of group yeah wait a minute um so that's that's the format there are about 90 folks in it broken down into three groups um but you are constantly being uh meeting and inner you know and and mingling and and creating joint ventures and new relationships with folks in the other group right and there's um they meet four times a year in different parts of the country usually florida or southern california right yeah, usually Tampa and San Diego. It's quarter by quarter. One quarter Tampa, one quarter San Diego. One quarter Tampa, one quarter San Diego. Occasionally we mix it up. At the end of the year, we don't have three separate meetings. We have one. We come together as a unit. Last year we did that in Scottsdale. So all all 90 of us, if you will, were there. That was great. That was a great event. We, if we do that again, we should do it in Phoenix, by the way. Yeah, we're, we're going to be doing it again this year. We're, uh, we're already on the slate. And um, that was a lot of fun getting everybody together. That that end of year thing is more like an event because you just can't really do a mastermind with, with that many folks. But um, the end of the year is structured that way. A lot of fun. Um, we do synergy meetings where you know you you meet and identify with people that can help you with your most important objectives, and then you lock down. You sit down with those people and start to figure out how you can work together and how you can make money together and how you can get from zero to a hundred much faster. Um, we do synergy meetings at that last uh, event of the year, and uh, I think I think too, Joe, and this might be a good place to kind of bring things home. Is CG is way bigger than business. Um, it's definitely the re- reason people come, but I really think the primary reason people stay is that we we have a sense of community, uh, a sense of family. Um, uh, one one of the guys, a friend of mine, Darren Collins. You know, we were talking on the phone the other day, and he said to me. You know, if, if I had to put, you know, if I had to, to, to do the hand, to, to make a list of five people, if I call them at four o'clock in the morning and said, hey, dude, I'm in some trouble and I need you to get on a plane and come here and help me. He said a lot of those a lot of those five fingers would be taken up by guys in this group. And so mm-hmm. uh, and gals, we, we've got gals in there, too. But my point is, you know, our, our, our last 30 minutes have been really driven around business and stuff. And in reality, a lot of us are there and we, we're going through life together, you know, yeah. um, and and. And we do share some personal stuff, but that's what creates the bond, right, uh, at, a, at a much, much, much deeper level. Um, so that's just something I wanted to, to throw in there is it, you'll, you'll come for business. You'll stay. Uh, the, the business becomes a side effect, I think, of, 
are really at the core of, of what drives people to stay on board. It's just a good group, good group of folks, right? Check your eagle at the door. Yeah. None, none of this. Uh, and just gear down and be a solid human being. And, you know, since this is going out to our podcast, I was thinking about how many different podcasters you do have in the group. And it's pretty crazy to think about. you got Jason Hartman, Matt Terrio from the Epic Real Estate Investor. A lot of these guys listening to this know of these podcasts. Sean Terry from Flip to Freedom. October. Todd Toback from uh, No Limits, and he's restarting his podcast. Mike Hambright from the Flip, Flip Nerd, exploding yeah. there. Got Ken Corsini has his own podcast, The Deal Farm. Yeah. Jack Bosch now has the um, Forever Cash mm-hmm. podcast, which is excellent. You guys, and he's doing that with his wife. If you didn't know that, yeah, it's awesome. And of course, ours, the Real Estate Investing Mastery. That's eight. Is that right? That's probably about half of them. There's eight guys with yeah. podcasts. Who else? Oh, Did I miss I mean, anybody? Yeah, yeah. If I got out my uh, if I got out my roster, I'm sure I, there's um, probably there's probably twenty. I would say there's probably twenty people in CG that are that are doing podcasts. We just had uh, Mac and Company out of Chicago. They just start. They do almost four hundred or no, I'm over four hundred turnkey transactions oh, right. here yeah. um, out of Chicago. They're starting a podcast. There's, I would say there's probably I'd say you probably named off about half of them. I don't want to drop our screen and pull up my roster and, and start digging through it. Right. Um, this I isn't the podcasting uh, mastermind, but yeah, uh, but that's I what brings it power though. You know, like you have folks like that who have mega followings and they can, they can create a buyer for your property or they can create funding for your, like, there's just a lot of magic that happens if it, you know, and, and if you were to go and Google or not Google, but search iTunes type of real estate investing, I'd say probably the top 10 of, of the top 10, half of them are, are in CG. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which is cool. Great place to uh, get a lot of good information, get a good perspective, fresh perspective on your business Yeah, and uh, sure. build some great relationships along the way. Jason, you've been a great guest. I sure appreciate having you on the show, man. We should start a collective genius podcast. I I'm think about kidding. it sometimes, but you know when I do, I go back to that simplicity and my yeah, focus. I'm blessed enough right now. We actually got a little waiting list going on uh, after capping membership at 90 in December. So yeah. um, just trying to stay relentlessly focused and, and see that's a commitment, right? Podcast is a commitment every week or more often. And I, I uh, that just kind of goes back to what we were talking about when we first started, right? I look at everything that way. Because simple is hard. It's easy to complicate things. And now I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to start doing webinars. It's, it's, it's easy to, to yeah. lose track of, of focus. And that focus is uh, what can make you rich. Not just from a money perspective, but uh, from a time perspective. So Focus but, will make it, you rich. Maybe that would be yeah. a good title for this podcast. been a pleasure. I've enjoyed it. Uh, I hope folks who listen got, uh, got something out of it. And uh, if you're interested in coming and checking us out, feel free to visit that site. And uh, Mr. McCall, thank you as always. Honored to have you as a as a member. Honor's all mine. And uh, thecollectivegenius.com, thecollectivegenius.com. And if you go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, you will find the link to that. And uh, thanks again, Jason. Take care. Absolutely. See ya. 